The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Let's talk about what the government are considering to keep landlords in the market, small landlords, or get more of them back into the market. Pre-budget tax breaks, apparently, for the rental sector. Well, Mike Allen is with me. He's a director of advocacy at Focus Ireland. Mike, are you in favour of, of tax breaks or just other tweaks to the tax system uh, to provide a fiscal incentive to landlords? Yes, yeah, since for the last seven years, we've, we've been identifying the fact that the landlords leaving the market is the primary driver pushing up family homelessness in Ireland. And we've been putting forward a whole range of different uh, proposals uh, to government, which would encourage landlords to stay in the market or to not evict their tenants if they are leaving the market and, and, and so on. And part of that has to be um, to do with the tax treatment of, of landlords. And we did a piece of work with the um, Chartered Accountants of Ireland a couple of months ago to look at what we thought would make, make a difference. Um, but it's very important to say that we don't see a, sort of a giveaway to landlords or anything like that that people get, get worked up about. There's a quid pro quo. And so landlords are saying that they want to be treated as a business and they want to be able to write off their costs as being a landlord and not pay um, the, 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 pay the same sort of, of, of tax that they would if, if they were recognised as a business. And we're saying if that's the case, we think we think there's a good case for that, then the business is providing somebody a home. So the, the quid pro quo is that the if landlords to, be, to get these tax benefits would agree that they were not going to evict the tenant to, to move family members in or to sell the property up. Like you, you go and rent a car, you, you don't sort of go to collect your car and the, 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 uh, um, the car rental place says, well, actually, my wife is using it this evening. You can't have, I can't have the car. Um, but that, we have that sort of you know, mm. um, rather uh, amateurish attitude towards, uh, towards uh, renting property. If landlords want to be businesses, that's a good thing. But the business is providing somebody with a home and therefore you have to take on the responsibilities that go with that. Oh, so, OK, so uh, kind of this is very simplified, but a version of uh, we'll let you write off some of the rental income against tax. But in return for that, you've got to offer like a, you know, a, a 10 year minimum lease or something along those lines. Well, we're saying it's the, like um, we're saying specifically there is a thing in Irish in, in, in Irish landlord law or in the law that guides this, which allows you to, to sign a lease, but to break it at any point if you yourself are going to move back in or a member of your family who are going to sell it. Mm. And we're saying that should just be gone. If you are going to treat being a landlord as a business and get business rate taxation, yeah. you're, you, you remove that. Now, there's some landlords that doesn't work with. So some landlords, um, like the, part of the problem at the moment is we're talking as if the solution to housing and homelessness problem lies with landlords. It doesn't. Landlords have inadvertently got caught. Um, first of all, it was tenants got caught in the middle of it. Now landlords are as well. But there are some landlords who are know that they're going abroad for a year or so or, or whatever. We don't want them to leave their house empty. We want them to rent that out and provide a home for somebody in the moment. If they know that, that, that if they rent their home out for that year, they'll never get it back again, they won't rent it out. So mm. that type of landlord is always going to remain sort of a, an insecure provider of a home for somebody. They should get taxed as they currently are taxed. People who are in it for the long term, who are in it to buy the home, uh, should be able to opt into that form of landlordism and they should have the tax reliefs that, that, that go with that. Uh, Lorcan Sir is with me as well, Senior Lecturer in Housing at, at TU Dublin. Uh, Lorcan, as always, you're welcome to the show. I mean, are there any good options on the table for the government, given the situation they find themselves in? Well, well hi, Kieran and Mike. Mike speaks a lot of sense there. I, I think 
really the situation they currently find themselves in is unnecessary. They didn't need to be here, really. Uh, but because of inertia and a, a very much a preference for the large institutional type landlords, they have kind of ignored the small landlords for the last five or seven years, as Mike has been saying. You know, we've known, we have known for a long time that landlords are, are, are have been leaving the market. I know from my analysis of stamp duty figures from 2017 to last year, that landlord activity, small landlord activity is down nearly 30%. Uh, and that's a serious problem because a lot of it is age-related. You know, a lot of landlords are, the average landlord is pushing 60 at this stage. The mortgage is paid off. You know, they, they bought it as part of their pension pot and they're leaving for that reason. But what we haven't done is encouraged any new landlords into the market by mm. making it kind of attractive. So what Mike says, and I would totally agree with him, I, th- I think we need a reform of both the Residential Tenancies Act, which is the legislation, and the tax system. Uh, and the, the two in tandem would work very well together if you could get them both done at the same time. I think we need to reduce the taxation for the small landlords, and obviously we, we need to be able to treat the landlords who are not really landlords, but, you know, like myself, if I yeah. went off as a visiting professor in Spain, you know, I'd want somebody to occupy my house, but I'd also want to be able to get it back. And, and I think we need to tax. People forget that a lot of the institutional funds pay close to zero tax on their rental income. So we need, that's just inequitable. So we need to kind of balance out the small landlords, the large landlords, and also then tighten up rights for tenants at the same time as making it more profitable for landlords. Uh, there are some activists and advocates uh, of... Uh, uh, in in this space, if we'll describe it that way, look, and we get very nervous around suggestions about tax breaks for landlords, you know, and they're going to get senses of deja vu, and here we go again, and we're going to be incentivizing, yeah. you know, people to to yeah. to overstretch and see yeah. property as the pension pot. Yeah, well, the other thing, the thing that people have to remember is that if you tax people highly, that's going to that is not going to help bring down rents. High tax is going to lead to high rents, without a doubt. And whereas the, I, I don't really, I wouldn't really be interested in tax breaks. I mean, tinkering around the edges of this with giving an extra allowance so a landlord could buy a washing machine or recarpet the place is a waste of time. To be perfectly frank, I think we need a structural reform of the way that landlords are dealt with uh, in the Finance Act, so that so that you know it, it is much more business-like in many respects, but also, you know, a certain allowance for, for temporary accommodation being being rented out instead of being left vacant. But it needs to be treated much more like a business, but not, not like a large corporation business. It's just like, you know, somebody who runs your local news agent. It needs to be put on that kind of a footing for people where they can manage it as a single operator, but also they can make a few quid and encourage them to, to, to provide accommodation for people. Ultimately, this is all about providing accommodation. I mean, it, were the government to come up with some sort of formula that might encourage landlords to stay in the market, that probably still isn't enough. We need to encourage more landlords to come into the market as well. The property doesn't exist, though, for them to buy. That's the other fundamental problem, is it? Is that to me? Yeah. Well, what you find is, is that landlords are increasingly buying fewer and fewer new properties. So we have another problem in that the house building market every year, despite the number of houses that we build every year, more than doubling in the last five years, the amount of new housing or the proportion of new housing coming to the market is down by, you know, 40 odd percent, 43 percent. So landlords are increasingly turning to secondhand houses to buy, which of course is in competition with everybody else who's looking mm-hmm. for a house. So it, it, it is a tricky one, but you know, Rod, I, I think there's a generation of landlords who are going no matter what we do, Karen. to be honest with okay. you. I think the trick is to kind of make it an, an attractive proposition for your for now, your 40-year-old teacher, guard, civil servant, whatever the, the, the stereotype is, yeah. to say, OK, I'm going to do this now because I'll be able to clear the mortgage at least every month. Mike, should the government extend the eviction ban while they're thinking about this uh, tinkering with the tax system, whatever they happen to settle on? Yeah, I think it's really crucial to say that the eviction ban didn't solve any problem, um, uh, uh, any long-term problem. What it dealt with was the fact that in, in, as we're going into the winter last year, 
there was a a pipeline of about 2,000 households facing eviction. We can see that from the RTB, and that there was no room in any emergency accommodation. The irony, or I don't know, worse than that, is that, in fact, exactly those circumstances continue to apply when they look to extending the, 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 the ban, except now we know that there's about 7,000 people in the pipeline for, for, for evictions, and homeless accommodation is, is still full. Under those circumstances, we believe that they should have extended the ban, but we also believe that they should have used the breathing space, the time that they had in the first place. The whole, the only value of the, the eviction ban was to give them space to put in place, to speed up some of the more longer-term measures which are required both to deal with the problem of homelessness in terms of ending it, but also to deal with the, to put in place the emergency sort of responses which are essential when individuals or families lose their homes. Yeah, And they managed to get that this is the worst of all possible worlds. There is not a single landlord who was, is leaving, was leaving the market because of the previous eviction ban and all the other pieces of, of, of regulation we put in. There's not a single landlord who said, oh, they're not ex- they're extending the eviction ban. I think I'll stay. So it didn't do anything to convince uh, uh, landlords to put in. Yeah. And right across homeless services, there is, ab- I just came from a meeting before this with our own staff. I've never seen anything like it of the anxiety amongst the frontline staff about what we're going to be seeing over the next couple couple of months. All right. Listen, Mike, we appreciate your time. Uh, Mike Allen is Director of Advocacy at Focus Ireland and Lorcan Sir, Senior Lecturer in Housing at TU Dublin. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.